everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Colony Drop, the podcast that celebrates the entire meta genre that is Mobile Suit Gundam. My name is Brian, my co-pilot is Isaac, and today we will conclude our discussion about Colony Drops. We'll pick up right where we left off last week, discussing the Colony Drops that occurred in any alternate timelines. So basically everything besides the Universal Century. Hope you all enjoy. Yeah, moving along, Brian. <laughs> what is the next series that features Colony Drops? The first ones I have after the Universal Century on my list are, come from Gundam Wing. Ah, Gundam Wing. So there are two attempted colony drops, both of which failed. I mean, they're both, I guess, known as Operation Meteor, and both are sort of masterminded by Deccan Barton. He was one of the people who wanted to drop the colonies on Earth, and the people you know, orchestrating it basically refused to participate in such an atrocity, and so they didn't do it in the original series and instead they let the they felt the gundams were enough any comments on operation meteor isaac it always felt like barton was really focused on just being the most powerful man in the earth sphere so i never understood why he wanted to destroy the earth outright which when you watch gundam wing it makes it pretty clear that I don't think their colonies are any bigger or whatever, but they make it sound like if one colony hits the Earth, it's shit, or one meteor even, it's the end of the Earth. <laughs> so I, I never really understood why they, uh, well, maybe they just really didn't want to deal with colonies dropping on Earth, so they decided to just make it to a point where it had such devastating repercussions that it wouldn't happen in the series. But I did like that ultimately the Gundams were just enough to deal with defeating the uh, United Earth Sphere Alliance, and they were. Because Leos are useless. <laughs> they might as well be made out of paper. I can't stand Leos. Oh my god. I can't stand any of those Oz mobile suits. They're just the worst. They're, they're, they might be the wor- the ugliest mobile When we do our, our ugliest mobile suit episode or worst episode or worst, what am I trying to say? Worst looking mobile suits? I'm going to put like Leos at the top of my list. They're the worst, Brian. Do you think they're worse than like the Garden Variety GM? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Leos, they just have that look of like I am a grunt and I was cheap. Comment below <laughs> if you like Leos and explain why. Why do you like Leos? Nobody likes Leos. They look terrible. <laughs> they they don't look good. I will agree with you there. There there I mean there are a few different types. There's like the space type the normal type, but they kind of just look different colors. Uh, I don't know. They pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I got like green, purple, and like a different purple. Maybe one with like an extra little jetpack, but the jetpack doesn't really make up for the rest of whatever else is going on there. So. Gundam Wing is definitely a low point in mobile suit design, just because of how bland almost all of their designs are. I mean, it's not all of them though. I will say this: it was it the Virgo. I always thought that was a pretty interesting design. But yeah, Leos are just, oh god, the worst. Operation Meteor, I'll say part one, was in the original series, Gundam Wing. And that, that's where you can find Isaac's Leos and, and Virgos. and. Um, I really others. ran off on that tangent. I apologize. <laughs> We're talking about colony drops. But yes, back to, after, back to Gundam Wing and back to the after-colony timeline. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, those colonies, just based on how they look, it looked like they'd fall apart pretty quickly heading to Earth, more so than the, uh, you know, our O'Neill-type island colonies. The uh, the Taurus ones look like they're much more fragile. I've always felt. What do you think? Agree, especially if they if they entered with the <laughs> the, the circle face 
going into the atmosphere, I feel like it would definitely break up because they're just not that big. That's that'd true. Be a, that'd be a lot of surface area absorbing heat. But I feel like maybe they would survive if, if they went in on edge. You know, like a like a spinning, <laughs> a spinning circle of doom. Uh, we got to put a top spin on that, buddy, before <laughs> we uh, drop it on Earth. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I I've always dropping colonies in Gundam Wing doesn't make any sense because the colonies were united in their little secret plan to build Gundams and use them to attack Earth. What what colony would like volunteer and like be hey drop us? We're, <laughs> You know? Yeah, I don't know. I guess where, where were they going to go when they dropped it? Yeah, I think Romafeller and Oz would have noticed, you know, millions of people evacuating from a colony <laughs> before. Well, it, that's like, strange. Where rebels. are they going? Yeah, they're like, well, we should probably deploy our Leos because <laughs> something's going on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, Mr. Barton doesn't get his way in the in the first series. So, in the movie, in the follow-up conclusion movie to the series, uh, Gundam Wing: Endless Waltz. Uh, he tries to, you know, drop the the new colony. Uh, there's like a newly created colony in that series, and so he tr- tries to, you know, sort of recreate op- Operation Meteor. And spoilers, that one doesn't work out either. Those pesky Gundam pilots get in his way and uh, prevent the colony from from going down. So this this guy Deccan Barton, I feel like he's a he he has the same like colony drop desire as like the laws does but he just can't get it done yeah he just can't get it done you know the he stole two colonies one day bounced them off each other and no one even expected it but this this barton guy he had a whole elaborate plan he tried it twice couldn't get it to work (laughs) i don't know the laws pulled something off like stealing a car and like it only has so much gas in the tank but like you know a bunch of the highway patrol are chasing you, but they're also running out of gas. And then at the last minute, you like, out of nowhere, like this fuel truck comes and like refuels you while you're driving. <laughs> and then you just change direction and like, you know, the highway patrol just gases out and is in shock at like what happened. Like, ah. Yeah. One thing so, we're missing though from Gundam Wing is an attempted drop by a battleship. Well, okay. Everybody, I'm sure you saw Gundam Wing. You're you're a fan. You're listening to us right now. Libra, they call it a space battleship, but I always viewed it as sort of a space battle station. You know, it it didn't really seem like it was too mobile to me. It just seemed more like a an orbiting fortress with a big super weapon. They actually tried dropping that on Earth at the end of the series. Uh, I believe it's the uh, the White Fang uh, Rebellion. They try dropping Libra on Earth as revenge. Or actually, I think Zex is behind it. But of course, you know, shockingly, it gets destroyed by one of the heroes. You know, Hero Yui, literally the hero. <laughs> and, <laughs> A bit on the uh, nose. <laughs> yeah, Earth is saved. But um, yeah, the Gundam Wing, this this was in keeping with Gundam Wing always threatening to drop one thing on Earth that would completely destroy it. Because first Libra blasts Earth with his cannon. And then they, they threaten, you know, Libra's on its way, to, it's going to fall. And then if it does, it'll, you know, completely destroy Earth. But it never does. So Libra is sort of an honorable mention. Not really a colony, but definitely on the scale um, of approaching a colony, if not greater than a colony. Yeah, I wasn't sure where to draw the line between, you know, ship, station, colony, asteroid. I'm going to chalk up Battleship to being a bad translation. Maybe they meant, like, you know, some type of a 
ocean going or space going fortress or something. Mm-hmm. But the translation was bad. But um, that does not look like a battleship or any other ship that they use in that series. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we maybe we should view Libra similar to how we view Axis. Pretty much, yeah. It's a large mass object that gets dropped. Okay. Well, if we go in release order, the next series would be Gundam X. Um, so Gundam X takes sort of a different approach to colony drops, whereas all the colony drops we just talked about were very individual and discrete events with a lot of sort of surrounding plot details around them. They all sort of serve a purpose for the story, maybe with the exception of, you know, Delaz's assault on on the cornfields of America. Uh, <laughs> but in Gundam X, we're kind of just told that the series opens 15 years after the Seventh Space War, uh, which was ended by basically dozens of of colonies being dropped on Earth. And these colonies are comparable to the ones in the Universal Century. They use the same design. They appear to be the same relative size. So if we imagine 10, 20, 30 Operation British is happening at the same time, one could imagine the you know, negative effects that would that would happen to the to the planet. This one's always fascinated me and raised a lot of questions. It had like huge implications too. As I've discussed with you privately, Brian, <laughs> the fact that they did this many colony drops, and to my knowledge, there were really only two colonies left after the, uh, the you know, the mass colony drop, we'll call it. That means everybody was inside the colonies as they fell. I mean, they kind of have to be. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you could evacuate all of them. No, because um, you'd have to you'd have to put them in other colonies, and I don't, I don't know that each colony has that much free space. There's no way. Yeah. I suppose. So I'm kind of, I'm so conflicted about this because like that means that the space revolutionary army either killed their own people and then launched the colonies or they launched the colonies and the people in life were still alive inside. Did they, did they get everybody to agree to this by saying, okay, we're going to announce that we're going to drop all of our colonies, obviously except their capital. How convenient. (laughs) Um, But we know at the last, no one would agree to that though. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure how zealous the members of the colonies were because if you watch it, in the series, it's very clear that they're almost cult-like in their worship of new types. And, you know, the the Space Revolutionary Army leadership has a very tight control of the colonies. So I'm, I'm really – I just have so many questions. It's fascinating. I really wish we got to see the Seventh Space War. It would have been great to see just, you know, how people could have agreed to have their colonies pretty much – get ready to attack and get dropped? Was every colony part of the Space Revolutionary Army or were they pretty much dropping, you know, empty colonies that they'd gassed? That's a possibility too. For all we know, the Space Revolutionary Army was just one one side. There's just a lot of questions, but yeah, the opening of that series is just so awesome. Seeing, well, awesome and terrifying, seeing so many colonies just filling up the sky, falling to Earth. It must have been just pure hell however many hours it took until they finished falling on earth yeah and to give everyone a an idea of the impact so nine billion people died that's b that's billion with a b so and it only left 98 million people remaining on earth yeah and it it blocked out the sun on a scale that normal colony drops don't because of just how many fell that it reached the point where the Space Revolutionary Army was just, well, the remnants of it were just waiting in space, just observing, not even sure if anybody survived, if, you know, there was ever even a point of going back to Earth. So there was just no way for them to observe what was happening because they can't see through the uh, all the dust that's in the air. It was uh, probably worse than any nuclear winter. 
Yeah, and and life on the planet turned into sort of this lawless, you know, everyone for themselves kind of life. So it's a very interesting series. We we never got a follow up. I really enjoyed the series. Uh, It was made in the mid '90s, uh, mid to late '90s, I guess. It was the series right after Gundam Wing. I think the suit designs were maybe a little too close to Gundam Wing for it to gain a huge amount of popularity. I don't know. It, it didn't really seem to catch on, but I, I thought it was a good series. I, I really enjoyed it. It was very much a, a love letter to Mad Max, you know, with how lawless the Earth is, and there's all these bandits at the beginning, and it's a post-apocalyptic setting. But it's a really great series, great mobile suits, great interesting setup. Um, very rushed. That's its biggest weakness, that they, they sort of had less episodes than normal, so they rushed along the story. Overall, pretty interesting, just based on its name and you know everything that happens. You could assume it almost happened in a later part of the Universal Century. But, um, oh, interesting! You mentioned that. So yeah. they they do call it the seventh space war because I believe it was the yeah. seventh Gundam series. Oh, interesting! Yeah. yeah, I don't remember if people still think this now, but I remember back in the day. Um, <laughs> back in the day, people always felt that this timeline was vague enough that, like you said, it could be construed as a future of the Universal Century. I mean, that obviously is probably not true in in the canon. But you know, uses the same colonies, same yeah. same strategy, colony drops. So, I mean, just looking at the mobile suits too, it's not a far fetch to assume that the um, I think it was the United Earth is the faction. Their mobile suits evolved from you know Jigans or GMs, and just like the uh, the mono eyes of the Space Revolutionary Army, they you know could have easily evolved from uh, you know Zaku's and the Doms and all the Xeon type mobile suits. And it, it does beg the question, you know, if this is the Seventh Space War, what happened in one through six? <laughs> you know, maybe in this timeline, you know, the first Space Wars are looked back on in their history books as being anything about Xeon. And then second is, you know, who knows, Crossbone and third Zanscare and et cetera. Who knows? It's a mystery. We'll, nev- we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, though. I think maybe the most interesting part of the series is that opening. I don't know if it's exactly in the first episode, but whenever they tell the flashback, about the seventh space war i do wish like you said maybe we had a whole episode or a few episodes dedicated to to showing that space war yeah i mean some of the characters do have flashbacks when they were you know fighting in that war actually but um you know for the most part we just the whole series is just in the uh, the aftermath of it okay the next yeah. colony drop on my list is <clears throat> it'll be an honorable mention i suppose because it <laughs> it was it was a uh, a failed colony drop, so we'll just mention it briefly. But in Turn A Gundam, which is a series that aired in 1999 to 2000, there is an attempted colony drop on the moon, but the main character uh, Lauren, you know, blows up the colony with a nuke, and the the plot is foiled. I don't know any any comments on that one, Isaac. Sort of, I just want to mention it because it is a attempted colony drop, but not real impactful overall for the series. No, I feel like that series' greatest strength was just how much it showed that far into the distant future, it was revealed that all these Gundam series were just happening in the same tame timeline. But I think it was interesting that, you know, they, they did show that the maybe the villains, more or less, of the show, the Moon Race, would uh, would come under a existential threat themselves with a the colony drop. So that was interesting. We don't really see too many colony drop attempts on the Moon, but um, overall, not as important as that you know, that mind-blowing, you know, near-final episode where they they show uh, what dark history is. And the moonlight butterfly. Yeah, that too. And 
I think another reason we don't see too many colonies in that series is because they explain pretty interestingly that colonies are either destroyed <laughs> or they, um, <laughs> you don't say yeah, or they <laughs> uh, they wisely the... <laughs> they, wi- <laughs> they wisely just turned themselves into generation ships and just booked it out of the uh, the solar system to uh, more peaceful parts of the universe <laughs> perhaps they were destroyed in the seventh space war it's possible too oh it could have dropped right <laughs> turn a includes footage of uh, gundam x so does, completely does. possible all right, and the last one that I have on my list comes from what I'll call one of the modern series, uh, Gundam Seed. I know right. Seed was one of your favorite shows, Isaac, so why don't you tell us a little bit about Junius 7, or what you remember about Junius 7. Okay, Junius 7 was obviously one of the plants, one of the orbiting colonies that were uh, populated by coordinators, which for uh, our fans that haven't seen Gundam Seed yet, or forgotten about it, a coordinator is a human who has been genetically modified in the womb or in an artificial womb. Um, generally, they have greater physical capabilities, mental capabilities, but they uh, mostly live in space because of massive discrimination and uh, outright hostile murderous attempt against them on Earth. Anyways, getting back to the colony itself. So this colony was destroyed during the, uh, the Bloody Valentine War and in Gundam Seed, a group of Zaft pilots still loyal to the dead villain from Gundam Seed decide to drop it on Earth and destroy the Earth. They're not dropping the entire colony. They're really dropping only like the bottom half of it, the bottom giant disc that used to house part of the population. And these colonies, the plant colonies I always felt in Gundam Seed never really looked as massive as the colonies in, you know, Universal Century Island type colonies, O'Neill Cylinder colonies. But in the, you know, in the story itself of Gundam Seed, supposedly if this made it landfall on Earth completely intact, it would have destroyed all life on Earth. Fortunately, um, in Gundam Seed Destiny, um, the characters are able to work together and destroy, I think, half of it. Or at least prevent, you know, all of it from falling on Earth. So it still leads to massive devastation and is maybe the best look at the effects of a colony drop on Earth. Or at least a colony that split up and still fell on Earth. Because they show us really the global view, an international view of the colony making its impact. It just devastates almost every continent. We see the South Pacific get just annihilated by tsunamis. We see... You know, uh, Rome get just wiped off the map. It's nuts. They just show so many impacts around the world. And um, it, it really becomes understandable, I guess, how the Earth Alliance could rally together again just when they made peace and decided to attack the plants and uh, zapped again. Ooh, that was a lot. I, sorry for the wall of text. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. It was good. It's good. All right. <laughs> The thing I like about this colony drop is that, you know, they dropped it in Seed Destiny because of events that happened in Seed. So I, I did like that it connected the two series a bit. You know, I think it rewards you as as the viewer for having watched both series. Um, so I, I did really enjoy that. And then, like you said, I, I don't I guess having gone through all these different colony drops, you're right. We don't have a huge example where one broke apart and hit like multiple targets. So that is definitely a, a really cool like unique thing about this colony drop that none of the other ones have yeah this is actually also the only colony drop where we get a musical number because uh, <laughs> lacus lacus and some orphans decide to uh, seek shelter in a bunker 
um, as the uh, the colony's falling. So she sings um, Fields of Hope as the uh, as you watch really bu- brutal images of the colony falling, of people trying to get to safety, and you know bunkers being full and. They really, yeah, say what you will about Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed Destiny, but there's a lot of times where they really put a lot of human moments into a show about giant robots. Um, you know, they show a man really co- talking to his mother and trying to get her to evacuate, but she refuses to leave her home, and then the colony starts falling. They show, um, you know, massive lines of cars trying to uh, get into bunkers, but, you know, it's closed, and monuments around the world being destroyed like the uh, i think they show the parthenon just getting wiped off the face of greece <laughs> um it's a pretty yeah it was quite the way to kick off gundam Sea destiny oh boy yeah well maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll revisit it whenever they come out with that that dub or the the new dub it's gonna be a still new happening. dub a remastered dub yeah i suppose they're redubbing it I don't think that's necessary, but sure, why not? I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I maybe should maybe should like send them an email, Brian. We'll be like, you know what? You guys really need to work on like the dub for Double Zeta because you're just, you're just or, or victory or something. You're you're wasting, you're wasting, wasting your time. You're wasting our time. We've already heard it. <laughs> it is it is weird. I agree. So that that uh, completes my list, Isaac. Do you have any other colony drops on your list? No, that's it. These were all things that were dropped. Um, I think in G Gundam there was maybe the threat of dropping Neo Japan, but I don't think that really ever became um, an actual situation because I think at that point the the Dark Gundam, the Devil Gundam, just decided to stay where it was and drain the earth of resources, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I watched G Gundam. That sounds right. Again, those are different colonies. I'm not even sure we could lump them in the same bucket we can't categorize those colonies because they're too diverse <laughs> yeah just the physics on those are just too complicated so yeah. many shapes it, it would be it would be like trying to like categorize well no i was about to say the shapes of clouds but there's different types of clouds <laughs> but i meant like you know the actual shape of a of a cloud, of a cloud you know you, you yeah. can't say well we have our animal shapes and our like <laughs> you know household object shapes no it's not gonna work they're they're too diverse <laughs> Yeah. So leave us a comment. Tell us what your favorite colony drop was. Do you hate the Dublin colony drop like Isaac? Let me pose another let me pose another question. How could you stop a colony drop? Because nobody really seems that good at stopping them. You know, I I've been trying to think about this. Like, do you put the nuke inside and then you set it off to try to like blow up the colony that way? But that doesn't work because when Xeon was blowing up colonies, they put nukes inside and, you know, the, the blast was contained within the colony. So I would assume that meant that a colony would keep falling. If you tried that, do you blow out the engines? Does that do nothing? Because you would know this more than I, Brian. But um, at that point, inertia is already in effect. And that thing's going to fall anyways, no matter what you do to those <laughs> engines. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to, you definitely have to stop it before it reaches the point of no return. Where it's, you know, before it enters Earth's gravity well, I suppose. Once it enters that, you're kind of screwed unless you can pull off and uh, the axis shock like Amro and you know whoever else was helping him. So your your best bet at that point would be to start breaking into a bunch of little pieces, I guess. But those some of those pieces are going to make it through, uh, and you, you're going to end up with a Junius Seven, you know, situation. Brian, let me ask you this: as our resident Federation officer. Can a solar ray actually, or sorry, can a solar system actually destroy a colony? Like in Double Eighty Three, would their plan have worked if that control ship wasn't destroyed, or they had more time to set it up 
and they didn't have to worry about the Delaz fleet for whatever reason. I mean, I think we have to assume that it certainly would have worked to an extent great enough that it was worth trying. Um, maybe it doesn't completely vaporize the colony, but as long as you could maybe break it up into small enough pieces that those pieces would burn up upon re-entry, then yeah, I mean, you know, you, you don't have to just you don't have to vaporize the the whole colony itself. You just have to reduce the damage to an acceptable level, especially when you're the Earth Federation and you you don't care about your inhabitants the way that they don't. <laughs> I really wish I could have like figured out what Bascom's plan was, like his the the perf- what was the perfect conspiracy plan? But you know, the last fleet gets destroyed or stopped by Shima, and then the colony's still falling to Earth. But their plan, their their effective plan, which they've clearly had months or even weeks to uh, <laughs> to work out, since this was all a conspiracy, were they just going to cook the colony in 0083 and then just start bombarding it with nukes and uh, you know particle cannons, and that would have been that would have done the job, or was the solar system really going to do everything, assuming it, you know, was able to complete its firing? You know, we'll never know, I guess. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever know, but I, I would imagine their plan was fire the solar system as much as possible and do as much, you know, break it up as much as possible and see where that gets you. And then, yeah, you know, mop it up afterwards, I suppose. I think they put, <laughs> that might have been the death knell for solar systems because we never see <laughs> them attempt to, like, use them again against a colony. Like, maybe they gave up. Like, Bascom was, like, he was their, he was their best shot, their their best solar system guy, <laughs> and, and he failed when they needed him most. I mean, it is a very fragile weapon, right? And every panel that you take out, you know, lowers your efficiency by X percent, which we saw in that show. So I could definitely see why it's expensive and and hard to maintain, and uh, it's great, I guess, if you have it set up in time. But it's it's a creative weapon. I like it whenever it shows up. Oh, what I like about it is that it's it's like as long as you've you know used a mirror before and made like a glare um, and gone in like in someone's eyes or somebody put like a glare in your eyes um, or that you know the reflection of the sun off a watch or something, you you know it could theoretically work. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh no, I know exactly what that. Like, you know what? If we had enough of those mirrors, <laughs> we could cook a colony. <laughs> it's basically a bigger version of Archimedes. Uh, you know, oh yeah. yeah, his little little Greek doomsday weapon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they tested that on MythBusters, and it didn't actually work, or or maybe it did, but not to the the great effect that it's described to to in have. In their defense, I mean, they were essentially the small production crew of a television show trying to put together a a weapon that a you know a Greek alliance would have probably been heavily invested in. And I'm sure, I'm sure Archimedes, you know, no, not to, not to discredit the Mythbusters, but Archimedes is a, his mind was probably a magnitudes greater than uh, anyone on Mythbusters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to well, say the weapon worked, but we have no, you know, no traces of what it actually looked like or blueprints and such. Cause it was a, a state, an Athenian state secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They could, maybe they should have called it Project Archimedes or something, the, the solar system. That would have been. That's neat. pretty awesome, yeah. Oh, we just got a new side story idea. Ooh. Ooh, resurrecting the, the solar Ooh. system. Because we, like we know they had to build a solar system just to, for the Battle of Solomon. So there's a side story there, Brian. Oh, there you go. Oh. There you go. Solar gun. I gunner. like it. 
<laughs> Archimedes Gundam. Gundam Sunburst. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Gundam Archimedes sounds exactly like what they'd name a Gundam. <laughs> it does, but it definitely it would be in like uh, that oh would fit God, right Brian. in in like Iron Blooded yeah. Orphans or something. Oh, this is brilliant! Like, like it's a silver Gundam or something like that, where it it, it like deploys like its own little. It solar is a solar system, itself, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Wow, oh, it's gonna cook so many Zeons. <laughs> but it has to be facing the sun. <laughs> mini solar system array. It's yeah. kind of like the Gundam X, because the Gundam X uh, had those solar panels. Yeah, but those always just. Yeah. Seemed, I never understood why those were reflective, because it's it's completely reliant on that dish on on luna beaming yeah. energy you know who cares what shape it's in or if they're reflective it's it's a it's a receiver not a uh you know not, not for solar power yeah. yeah it's more of a plot device it, it, it seemed pretty neat though it's awesome well that's it for our colony drop episode about colony drops on colony drops listening to colony drops <laughs> <laughs> we talked about all the colony drops and uh don't look into putting the sky because there's probably going to be a colony dropped on you soon. <laughs> <laughs> so leave us a comment below. What was your favorite colony drop? Did we miss a colony drop that uh, you know about that we didn't mention? Do um, you hate the Dublin colony drop <laughs> as much as we do? Because it breaks like the logic of the show. <laughs> like, comment, and subscribe. If you don't hit that like button, if you don't subscribe, you know what's going to happen? We're going to drop a colony on your house. We're going to drop a colony... <laughs> Multiple colonies, even. All over your neighborhood. And just to make it ugly, they're going to be like the Dublin one. Yeah, just going to be a, a pole sticking up in the sky. <laughs> All right, everybody. Catch you next uh, time. We'll see you next week for another episode of Colony Drop. Thanks for listening. <laughs>